Welcome to track number one of If You Love The Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessing for today, for bringing us into your presence. Lord, we ask that you guide us by your spirit into all that is your truth of your word. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right. Well, it's good to see all of you. And um, we're going to have a time with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Number one. Acts 21. Acts chapter 21. And we are going to read from verse number 10. And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he was coming to us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem Bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard these things, both we and they of that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What mean ye to weep and to break my heart? For I am ready. Amen not to be bound only but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus and when he would not be persuaded we ceased saying the will of the Lord be done Amen, Amen. Hallelujah we are talking about if you love the Lord. If you love the Lord, the first thing is you will love his will for you. Amen. One of the main characteristics of beloved doses is of beloved doses in which there is still uh, what I call first love. You find out that the beloveds love the will of the other person. It's true. What he wants is what he wants. <laughs> what you like is what they like. Everything is nice. Everything is acceptable. Everything is possible. Because you love the person As the love Reduces 
everything is less possible everything is more difficult everything is more problematic everything comes through an argument as the love reduces even in beloved doses even in beloved doses how much more in real life and then a time comes where you do not like the person's will you don't like the person's wishes for you in fact and then it can get to a point where you suspect you suspect something negative when the person even suggests why don't you go here then the negative thought you want me to go away you want to get rid of me you understand and other negative ideas are read into the will of the person for you (laughs) but that is the reality of love and so that is one of the reasons why that happens in beloved doses is because it is beloved doses and the human love is a phantom of real love it's a ghost of real love it is it is an, another of the earthly things which has been cursed you see the ground was cursed out of which you are and I are made we are made out of dust and the man was cursed the woman was cursed the ground he said cursed be the ground because of you it, it, it will yield thorns thistles when you plant it plant and plant you yield thorns and thistles so the whole world man is cursed woman is cursed the ground is cursed the devil is cursed and we are in it trying to have peace trying to create for ourselves happiness I'm telling you we're trying to create for ourselves happiness bliss we have romantic ideas and so many dreams of things that we want to create for ourselves and what we want to have here you get it and these involve other people the the love we are talking about involve the love you have for somebody who is also an accursed person you see if you if you (laughs) if you take (laughs) yeah I mean if you were going to fall in love with somebody and somebody warned you that this person is cursed. Will you not be afraid of the person? But the, the person that you are going to be like those now is cursed. Yeah. Read your Bible. And you can see the curse is already in, in motion. The curse is already active. Yeah, all the problems of mankind are already. Look at how you have to suffer 
to get a degree that is not even respected. Yeah, you see, it's already showing that the ground will not yield just vegetables, cabbage, lettuce, corn, but it will yield thorns. So after you've wasted a lot of time and money, what you get out of it, no cabbage, thorns, which hurts you. So that's why a lot of things, we, we do good things and people hurt us. This is the reward of life, is to be hurt. It's part of the curse. So that's why I said thorns, thorns will be given back to you for your hard work. One of my disappointments was when I finished school and I found out that University of Ghana Medical School and University of Ghana generally is not any respected university in the world. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Even in my time. Because when we were when we were in school, we were told this is one of the best medical schools, one of the best medical schools, one of the best. But when you leave and you go out of this country, you realize that I mean you can say it's the best whatever, 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 but they don't have much respect for you if you are trained here. So it yields tongues, thistles, and some other painfulness which you are surprised that it will yield. Do you get it? So I'm just trying to explain that the love and the happiness that we are looking for, right, my real belief is that it's not found here. It's not found between a man and a woman. You can never make somebody happy for a long time. I'm telling you. <laughs> It's true. What looks attractive to you will start to dim very fast. And all the deceptions and delusions will also go away with it. That is why, if you are ever advised, don't marry this person. There is no reason on earth why you should force your way to marry somebody who even some older, wiser person has advised that this person, perhaps you shouldn't. But often we cannot see because we, we feel that our happiness is connected to this particular person, which cannot be true. How can it be true? You get it? So, if as a young person, you are able to direct your love from accursed things, accursed people, and the accursed ground, huh? the cursed ground, which is the secular work of this life. Yeah. If as a young person you are able to do that, you are almost walking in the wisdom of a 70-year-old man. Almost. You are almost 70 years old. In maturity. Because what I'm saying 
you will come to that conclusion by the time you are 70 anyway. You will say, like Solomon, vanity of vanity, all is, it's all useless. This is useless, that is useless, marriage is useless, children are useless, prosperity is useless, money is useless, everything is useless. That's why you will come to that conclusion because it's in the Bible. But to be able to come to that belief as a young person at your stage gives you a 70-year-old mind in a 20-year-old body. Which is dynamite ready to happen and explode. Hallelujah. So, the things that we are sharing, we are not sharing them because we are depressed. We are not sharing them because we are not happy. We are sharing them because these are the realities of life. And people don't like realities. People laugh pretense. But wherever Satan is present, there's an amount of pretense. There's an amount of falseness. And there's an amount of not realness of everything. You understand? But where God is, there is plainness and openness. He, he is light. And if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, then we can relate. You understand? So, but it's not everybody who wants to know the truth. If you tell the people the truth, they don't want it. This is what has given rise to a lot of false messages and false messages from good pastors. Because you see, pastors, we are under pressure. Anybody you see doing something, he's under pressure. He's under pressure. He may not say that he's under pressure, but he's under pressure. He's under pressure from different things. That is why I said at this camp, I don't want all students to be here. I want those who are really interested in the ministry. Because I, I want the pressure of those people to go away from me. You know, I don't have to say things that sound look good. You know, that lead to success and prosperity. No. Because the first verse I read here. <laughs> How can I read these verses? Yeah. How can I read such verses? To people whose vision is different from what is here. So then Paul answered, What mean ye to weep and to break my heart? For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And when we would not, when he would not be persuaded, we ceased saying, the will of the Lord be done. Yeah. This mind is not the common mind in the church. And because it's not the common mind, we cannot read these verses for just the face value, what is he saying? Because we cannot have people who are ready to die for the Lord. It's Muslims who speak this way. 
the zeal and the power of Christianity has been adopted by the Muslim faith. And if we want to learn anything about zeal, I will recommend Islam. Current Islam. But if Christians, Christians have to learn from Islam now. Yeah. About zeal and about readiness to die for what we say we believe. I'm telling you. This is how Christians talk. You see, Islam came into being about 600 years after Christ. You understand? And it came to the same kind of people that Christianity first came to. The Middle Eastern people. Now the Bible says, Blessed be the God of Shem. Shem is that person who is in the Middle East. And anyone whose God is Shem. Shem Shem has taken that person as God. That God is blessed. Because the way Shem is, he's ready to die for anything that he believes. So that is why the religions start from there. Because blessed be the God of Shem. If Shem has a God, that God will be blessed. Because the service that the person will serve that God with very wild. Are you with me? So ladies and gentlemen, you'll find out that um, pastors are under pressure to modify messages a little bit. And after modifying for a little bit, the pastor himself sometimes doesn't know when he's now not saying the correct thing anymore. Do you get it? Yeah. But Christianity, that's what I say that we must learn from Islam in terms of zeal and readiness to die for what we believe. If they have a level of zeal of between a scale of zero to hundred, Christian and Muslims have a zeal of up to about ninety. Christians have a zeal of about ten. To me, to me. We have more money than we ever had before as a church. I mean, the worldwide church. More rich, wealthy, prosperous people in cities belong to churches. But we have less zeal and less readiness to die and therefore less power. So we are not powerful. You would have thought that Islam would reduce in its influence in the world because of the terrorism that is associated with Islam. But no, rather, Islam is increasing in its influence and spreading because people are attracted to the power and the zeal of the people. What is it that they believe so much that they are going all the way like this? So you must ask yourself, are you a Christian like Paul who said, why are you crying? Why are you crying? What are you crying about? I'm not just prepared to go to Central African Republic to be bound. I'm prepared to die there. I'm prepared to die there. I'm prepared to die there. That's the Christianity that advances and takes territories. That's the Christianity that made Lighthouse come into existence. Yeah. 
we would not exist. And real advances are made through sacrifice. Real advances are only made through sacrifice. If you want to really advance in the kingdom, it only comes through sacrifice. The cross is the way to advance. And unless there is sacrifice, there is no advancing. It's just playing around in the same area. But when, when you want to move even one foot, you're going to pay a price. It's the same with every war. If you want to take a new piece of territory, you want to add five meters to Ghana, you have to fight with Ivory Coast. We have to fight with Burkina Faso. We have to fight with Togo. If we want just five meters, it will become a fight. But once we are content to be within Ghana as Ghanaians, then there will be no fight. That is why the camp I'm having here, what I have, I have to preach here is different, for instance, from what the Kodesh camp down the hill uh, preaching about because we are talking here about a certain expansion with blood yes we are talking about no no it's not a joke and that's why that's why i said that i have comes people think i'm joking sometimes when you laugh and so on people think i'm joking but you can ask anybody who knows me closely i'm not a funny kind of person Am I a funny? Am I a funny type? <laughs> I don't. I don't have even jokes. I am so serious that I need people around me who are not so serious to lighten the atmosphere around me. No, it's true. You see, like my wife, she is a complete what I call lightener of atmosphere. Once I'm with my wife, in fact, there are certain places I don't want to go without her. Sometimes when I'm invited to some places, very stiff people and very formal, I really want her to come along because once she's there, I just keep quiet and she'll start talking. And she will chat with the people and make friends with them naturally. Whilst I quietly just move along. But if I go alone, I become like an unfriendly man of God who has come who invited, who doesn't speak because people see you preaching and people talk, laugh and something. they feel when you finish preaching you continue just chatting and laughing and talking you know no so I'm, I'm trying to explain something to you that I am not joking you are the one who may be laughing but I am not joking there's no, there's no joke. When I say I'm prepared to die, it means die. Die means die. Die means dying. There's not a figurative dying. It's not a parabolic dying. It's a real dying. And I'm talking to people about real things. If you are interested in it, that is it. If not, you are not part of it. You must be at another camp. You must not be here. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Because there are some people that are ready to die for what they believe. And I'm interested in those people to encourage them to die for the, what they believe. Amen. Because 
as you keep on mixing up as you keep on mixing up with people who are not prepared to die your zeal to die for what you believe goes down and in the end you become just like them it's true and so you need to separate yourself sometimes because look at the way these people are crying Paul said you are breaking my heart sometimes you feel sad you even not do what you are supposed to do you see how mobile the person that is being left behind looks so sad you just want to change your mind you know if you die you know it's the people who are left behind who, who are really pitiful it's true that is why when somebody dies everybody looks at the family of the, the wife or the husband or the children or somebody that is close to the, them and you, to see how they are taking, taking it because they are the ones who when you look at how pitiful they look you say I will stay I will stay I can't go now that is why married men live longer than unmarried men statistically unmarried men die far earlier than married men because when they are married when you are going to do something you know I have got a wife <laughs> so you know my child is a, that's how they talk but I'm married I have no one no one cares for me no I don't have anybody nobody will cry when I die I don't mind to die at all. Yeah. It's true. So when you mix with people who are wailing, why? Why? What are you doing? Why? Where are you going? What is wrong with you? Is there any problem? What can we do for you? you if you don't take care, your heart will be broken. And you will say, I remember many times when I was to travel, my children were younger. It always broke my heart to leave. I felt so sad when I look at them. Because anytime you are traveling, if you are mature, you know that you may not come back. You can easily not come back. My father, when he was alive, every time he traveled, he wrote his will. He rewrote his will. <laughs> yeah. Every time he would travel, he would revise his will. Uh, yeah. yeah. Because traveling is one of the ways by which people die. It's a known way by which people die. So when I look at my children, then I didn't feel like going. Break your heart. Especially if they cry. Ooh. One pastor said, he was going out and his child cried, Daddy, don't go. Daddy, don't go. Daddy, don't go. Then he turned his child said, I gotta go. I gotta go. The more you mix with people that don't have that zeal, the more you are not likely to fulfill the will of God. Paul said, why are you breaking my heart? You are breaking my heart. 
are breaking my heart. People will break your heart when you want to obey the will of God. But my aim is to send you hmm, to anywhere where there are people. Once there are people there, my aim is to send you there. I'm not really concerned about the conditions there. How difficult it is. Whether there's food. Whether the weather is hot. Or cold. Or whether the people are very poor. Or whether there's danger. My aim is to send you there. Anyway. I'll, I'll just look on the map and write your name. Go. Because you are the soldiers in the army. And as the commander of the army, I have to stay in the office and send you. <laughs> Sit down. If you die in the service, it's too bad. You just give glory to God say that you live a good life and it's part of war to lose some casualties are you listening alright so the will of the Lord must be done let the will of the Lord be done in your life amen 